Hey, we're just about to jump into the episode, but before we do, did you know we have a junior-friendly Discord community? It's completely free to join. If you want to join us, the link is in the description. We'd love to have you. All right, enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another podcast episode where we help aspiring developers get jobs and junior developers grow. So I hear you loud and clear. A lot of people want to know more self-taught developer paths, and I'm excited to dive into it. I have a lot more episodes coming out for that. But for today, we're actually going to dive into Free Code Camp. If you haven't heard of it, this is a really good episode to watch because uh, I invited three guests on that went through Freed Code Camp, and I'm sure they have a lot to say about it. But as usual, we'll go ahead and start with the intros. Zach, how about you? So um, I'm Zach Simonton. Um, the industry that I'm coming from is uh, I was originally a game artist. I went to Full Sail University, got my BS in, um, in game art, and uh, came home. It was really hard to break into the game industry and um i almost made it into the game industry but it just didn't work out uh working as a as like a, basically an, a lead artist for a small game company uh i got married i tried making it as a 3d artist and i switched career paths to basically become a software engineer and uh so I'm currently uh, in the interviewing process. I, I'm being interviewed right now by a, a small um, web dev firm up in New Hampshire where I currently live. And um, that's pretty much it right now. Really cool. Well, good luck with the interview. I hope it goes well. Thank you. So uh, for me, I'll keep mine short. I was an aquatics director. I have a psychology degree. I became an aquatics director and then I became a software engineer. So I have a really quirky path. Um, but um, yeah, how about you, Jonathan? Hey everyone, uh, my name is uh, Jonathan Lancaster and I actually come from business uh, sales marketing um, industry. So I, I'm a uh, front end um, developer, software engineer. That's what I've been focusing on. But um, I came from, you know, sales, been doing sales for almost 10 years. You know, I worked with a lot of companies uh, doing business development. And um, I decided to, you know, switch for something that I, it fits more in my personality, you know, because I am the quiet type and uh, I'm very uh, technical and, and analytical uh, I think a lot, you know, and uh, I, don't, I don't like to talk to a lot of people, <laughs> but uh, working in sales, you know, constantly, you know, picking up the phone, making phone calls, calling people up, knocking on doors. So it kind of switched my personality a, bit, a little bit, but um, that wasn't a, a good fit. Right. And um, yeah, so I decided to switch for software engineer and I've been loving it. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, where are you at now with the uh, job app process? Oh, yeah. So I I am interviewing with companies and uh, I'm uh, job searching. And for for my as far as my experience, I've been working a lot as a freelancer. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing the most uh, with most of my time. Freelancing, you know, studying nonstop. And uh, yeah. OK, very cool. Thanks. How about you, Elliot? Yeah, I, I started out, I uh, left college. I got a, a journalism degree. I double majored in French and uh, I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do. So uh, I thought law school would be something good to try for. 
Um, but uh, I, I couldn't get in. Um, I couldn't get into the school I wanted to get into, but I thought, okay, I'll, I'll work in some law firms and I'll work as a paralegal. So I did that and I thought I would end up going to law school, but I ended up turning that into like a half of my career. You know, I worked uh, in law firms for like seven years. Um, I got burnt out. And, um, uh, but while I was there, I learned how to code. I learned how to use uh, Python, VBA uh, scripts with Excel. And so I had gotten a whole lot of experience with MySQL and all these things that I didn't even know, uh, you know, until the first line of code that I wrote and it did something. Um, you know, I just didn't know what I was missing. And then I realized that this is so magical. I need to know more. And um, that was like six years ago now. Um, I've sen I since left um, uh, the legal field to be a teacher for a short stint, but I really just leveraged that to become a developer. And that's what I'm doing now. I have my own company called DevSouth, uh, DevSouth Consulting, and I lead a group. We uh, are developing some apps for some startups, uh, but I leverage that into what I do now. And I'm a front-end software engineer at Lowe's now. Okay. Really cool. So what, so you mentioned you had dabbled into code while you were, you had that law position. Was that on the side or was that actually for your job? Uh, yeah, there was problems at work. Uh, we had massive amounts of cases and like waves of a hundred cases at a time for a corporate entity. And so people were organizing files in the directories by hand and, I hacked a way to do that with code <laughs> so that I didn't have to do it. I using some spreadsheets and a VBA script and a hundred folders would be created with like 10 subfolders. And I didn't have to do it. I just clicked a button and in five seconds it was done. Okay. All right. Smart. <laughs> Very smart. Um, okay. So I, I got a feel for, for most of you, which is pretty cool. And we'll get to know each other a little bit more, but you know, like I told you before the episode, I'm winging this one. I don't know a whole lot about Free Code Camp, and everyone talks about it. I've used it a little bit when I was actually trying to become a developer, but that was like five years ago. And um, it seems like some of you have had more recent experience with it. So we're going to dive into it. So, you know, anyone feel free to respond to this, but what is Free Code Camp? What do they have to offer us? They have to offer a lot, uh, to be quite honest. Um, when I was getting into my coding journey, I really didn't know where to start. And um, I, I, I found free code camp through a Tumblr post. <laughs> and like, I, I just kind of started from there and um, they have like different tracks that you can go on kind of like with code Academy, but um, like we've all said before, it's all free. So you can do like different certifications with them. Um, and, and through that, you can go through like, uh, different, um, I guess like different tracks, like currently right now I finished a front end library certification. And then I also, I'm working on a uh -oh. web design certification. And then they also have like a ton of videos that you can use. Like they have like intro to Python, intermediate Python, or like basically anything that you want to learn, they have it for free. They, they even have like a whole video, like, I think it's like a 10 hour or five hour course on like Mern stack. Like they have a whole I've course that. on that, which is like super beneficial. And like currently 
I'm also doing along with my responsive web design certification, um, a course on PHP because my current like um, interview that I have set up requires me to learn or requires me to know PHP for plugins. So Interesting. that's, you know, in my experience, it, it pretty much like has almost any, any track you want to go on. Yeah. I agree with uh, Zach. Um, they, if you are start out, starting out, you know, from the beginning, you know, nothing about code. Like that's a great, might be the best resource free resource um, and that was actually my first, um, learning resource, you know, that I've had was free code camp. And, you know, once I went through, you know, a few, um, couple certifications from there, I started using YouTube, but, uh, that was the beginning of all. And just give you, gives you a more clear picture of, you know, what is, uh, what development and different um, technologies, you know, because you, you learn they have different categories, you know, like the certification. So you start with web design, learn HTML, CSS, and uh, it's very detailed. It's, so it's really good. It's really good. And then they go into JavaScript, you know, algorithms and data structures, and that's a different certification. And uh, and it goes on and on with libraries, and I think they 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 focus mostly on the front end um, up until last year. And last year they started adding new uh, certifications like Python. Um, they didn't have it there. Now they have it, uh, and a few other stuff. So okay, it's really good. It's interesting that they focus on front end, and now they're starting to bring back end into it. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they also. Um, oh, sorry. Continue, Jonathan. Oh no! Uh, really quickly, they they have some um, uh, backend stuff. Like they teach you how to you know use uh, MongoDB, um, Node.js, uh, but those are the the only things that they have for the backend up until last year. Yeah, and they also uh, I think they also have a QA certification that you can do. Yeah, that's right. Um, and they I mean they also have like legacy certifications that you can access. Um, that like they're, I guess they're, you can, you can obtain them by doing like different projects that are in different certifications that you can get through free camp, but they're not like their own track anymore. They're, they're kind of like, they're being phased out. Yeah. Okay. So, and I want to say, uh, if I can add one thing, um, I love that free code camp is project based, like, if you know a lot of people don't realize this, but if you know how to code enough, you don't even have to do the challenges. You can just go straight to the projects and complete the projects, get the certificates. And if you need to go back to the challenges, that's where I would say, but if you're a total noob, you could start with the challenges. No problem. You know, start with the challenges if you don't know anything, but if you already know how to code a little bit, you know, even, some of the stuff is like learn React. You could actually do the challenges. You could complete them in Vue or Angular or any other framework of your choice with JavaScript. You could complete the challenge on some of the front-end libraries, even some of the back-end. You could use Rails. You could use Node. Whatever you know, if you know that and you can build the project and it passes the test, you can get the certificate by completing just the five for each certificate. Okay. So you mentioned 
that it's heavily project-based. You don't even need to do the challenges. So that's good to know. With the projects, how much autonomy do you have over those projects? Is it is it like a project-based tutorial where like they're kind of giving you steps to build out or like what, what would be an example of like something they give you for an idea of a project? And like, I'm wondering how general or vague it is. They give you a user story. So, which is really good. So they Mm -hmm. go step by step with, let's say for the um, JavaScript, they, they, one of the, one of the projects is for you to build a uh, calculator or, uh, yeah, for example, a calculator, right? So they go step by step, you know, telling you, describing why you have to to uh, code or build. Um, it, it almost reminds me of a, let's say, React, right? You work with components. So those user stories are basically you building different components, and then at the end, you put it together, and that's the project. So it's, real, it's very... Um, they they guide you through the whole you know every single step yeah it's okay. basically tdd like it's it's test driven so yeah you need to pass the test you're, yeah if they're, if they're asking you to pass it it can be like most of them are like 10 to maybe 16 17 at max i think but you uh, I, I, I don't know i mean in the front end ones um at least in the front end certification or the front end libraries one it was i think it was like the max was about like 10 yeah, most of them are, it's less than 15 for most of them. Yeah. Closer to 10 for most of them. And you have like so much freedom for like what you can do with like, like language wise for like any of the projects. Like you don't have to use, uh, you don't have to use React, but it's like heavily encouraged. Um, also, like you don't have, like for the CSS portion, you don't have to use Bootstrap, but heavily encouraged. So you got a lot of, freedom when it comes to these projects. Okay. Okay. I'm just processing. Okay. So I know what I want to say. It wouldn't be my podcast if I didn't challenge this, just like I challenge everything that uh, we review. So I love that it's, um, they basically write out a bunch of tests. I love the freedom of you using your own frameworks and your own stack. That's good. Um, it, it's similar to my experience at my coding bootcamp. And, um, I, I found that really helpful. Now it sounds like they do give you a lot of guidance. And one of the things that a lot of employers care about is how do you take this idea, this concept and turn it into a technical solution? So meaning you write up the user stories, you write up the technical requirements, and it sounds like they do that for you. So if these are the projects that you have to showcase on your portfolio, I think you should showcase them from what you're telling me, but I do think they're going to bring a lot weaker value. I think, would you, so let me know if you disagree with this. I feel like you need to definitely branch out of free code camp and build your own projects. Think about your own problems that you want to solve and, and just like break away from free code camp to be more prepared for a professional developer position. No, I, I'd agree with that. Okay. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. Like, um, after I got my front end library certification with, with free code camp, I wanted to do different projects that were not like hosted by free code camp. I wanted to build my own things. Um, I was work at one point I was working on a burn stack project, but 
unfortunately I had to, I had to stop just because, um, the guy that was, you know, showing me how to build a bug tracker just like stopped. Like he just stopped like doing the tutorial and like, I re- tried to reach out to him and like say like, how, how can I, you know, finish this? And so I had to do a lot of troubleshooting myself and eventually I figured it out. But like, by the time I figured it out, it was like a little bit too late to like keep that project up. So I had to start a whole new one and decided to just like learn Node.js so that like I could keep all that, you know, Mern stuff fresh in my mind. Okay. In my opinion, I don't, um, I don't think you have to rely on any of these bootcamp, you know, like you don't, you don't learn uh, enough for you to actually become a, um, start creating projects on your own. Like it takes time. Like I'm still learning. I've, I, I've completed um, some of the certifications from uh, free, you know, free code camp and also code Academy and uh, a ton of um, courses on Udemy, YouTube. Um, so I'm, I'm at a point that I'm able to build projects on my own, right? Um, but from, you know, when you're starting off, these uh, code camps, they give you an idea of, you know, how to, you know, how, how programming works, how coding works. But um, it takes time for you to actually start learning and understanding the fundament the fundamentals and um and and algorithms you know and uh breaking things down into pieces so it can build put together you know a whole program or, or something like that so yeah i don't i don't think um you know just free code camp will get you um yeah get you to become a uh developer but it's a i think it will be a it's a perfect start it's a perfect start it, it really is like yeah. um i'm sorry elliot you always look like you have something to say i don't mean to like talk over you but yeah i would just say um even just the the people that teach for free code camp super accessible um even quincy larson himself if uh you know you attend conferences or like you're, you're even like, you can contribute to free code camp. Uh, that would be another way to increase your skills. Um, I've actually talked with them about doing that. And, uh, before my job search got like really like where I was getting an interview almost every day, uh, I was really thinking about getting more into involved in that. And I may still, I mean, I've, I've gotten, um, you know, to a place where I may have some free time, but, uh, <laughs> I may not because I still do my startup work, but, um, but yeah, I would say, uh, it's more about the people that are teaching really, cause they're so accessible. They'll help you. They'll, uh, you know, you can, you can tweet something like, Hey, like, thank you for making this course. And they'll like DM with you and like, you know, get to know you. Um, the majority of them will. So, I mean, I, that's what I would say. Just leverage, the, the people skills that you have, like leverage that with some of these people that are teaching. And, you know, I pretty much approach people like that on Twitter and I never asked them to be my mentor. I just started sparking up a conversation with them and pretty much de facto, they became my mentors. So Quincy Larson's one of those, several of the people that taught uh, free code camp courses, they were those people for me. That's really cool. Real quick before we, um, because there's a lot that you're saying. I want to respond to Jonathan, um, and then I actually want to say something about um, what you're saying, Elliot. So 
I want to understand correctly, because you mentioned that free code camp is something that you would have to expand on, but you also made the statement that you couldn't really become a developer just based on a coding boot, coding boot camps in general and you used the word coding boot camps. So my question to you is, are you like from the perspective where no coding boot camp can prepare you for a developer position? Oh, no, absolutely not. I, um, yeah, you, you can become a developer, but meaning you can become a junior developer, uh, but uh, for you to get to a level that you start building things, uh, you, you really grasp on, you know, the fundamentals. Uh, it takes more than just the bootcamp, you know, the, because the bootcamp is really quickly, like it's just too much information. You know, you can't retain that much information. So it takes time, you know, after the bootcamp uh, for you to start, you know, understanding or at least for me, you know, that's how it's been working. I, I complete all these courses, you know, classes and, you know, these uh, free uh, resources on the internet. But still, I always go back, you know, I always go back to, you know, to uh, pick up on things that I'm still, I haven't used too much of it, you know, so it's not ingrained in my mind, in, in my brain. But you can absolutely become a um, developer with uh, boot camps, right? Uh, but as far as the skill, you know, skill level, I guess, and um, how good you become, yeah, it takes time. Okay. Th thanks for clarifying that. So I would agree, like, there's not a single coding bootcamp, no matter what they offer. And I know some coding bootcamps offer, you're not going to become a mid-level developer from any coding bootcamp in that short yeah. period. It's, um, you're at a junior level. And, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I think you just also brought up a good point is, a lot of people will be so frustrated with themselves because they feel like they chose the wrong program because they don't retain it as well as they think they do. And they're like, yeah, a lot of people, I don't think they do a very good job at gauging their improvement. And they, a lot of people get frustrated with themselves. And so oh, I think man. like, <laughs> really frustrating, especially in the beginning. And I did too. I did too. But I think it's helpful to realize that it takes time for this knowledge to sink in and for you to be exposed yeah. to a slightly similar problem that helps reinforce what you learned three months ago. Um, mm -hmm. So I think you brought up a good point. But yeah, and I just want to say one thing that you mentioned, Elliot. Um, yeah, Quincy seems like a kind person. I saw him on Twitter. I actually, when I was live streaming on Twitch, he offered, he put me in his like auto host list. And then he dropped me. I have no idea why. Probably because I was inactive. I don't care. But like it was it was a kind gesture for him to actually like put me there because I know, you know, he has a big program and he was starting to do live streams. I don't think he does them anymore. But uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know Quincy very much, but, you know, good for him and his instructors for staying connected with people. But Zach, I know. Uh, oh, well, one thing I want to I want to say for um about uh, Quincy, like they're always sending emails. Like I think it's a, they send out emails every day with a lot of uh, material. So that's something that's really, really cool from a free book camp. Um, like, you know, uh, little projects that you can build and uh, new things that you can learn, you know? Um, so it's really, it's not just the free code camp uh, platform, but also the emails. The emails are really engaging. You know, they're they're not just trying to. It's not like newsletter email, uh, but they're actually sending you use sending you useful uh, information. You know, if you want to learn more, so it's really cool. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I I've gotten to know Quincy. Um, he's um, he's really um, I don't know, just been a, a huge inspiration for me. Um, and I think another aspect of 
getting to know the people of Free Code Camp is they have a podcast, right? So the podcast, they interview people, and it's kind of similar to like Code Newbie, or maybe there's a whole slew of them where they interview people who are trying to break into the industry. And um, yeah, you so you just get like role model, role model after role model, you know, somebody who was, um, you know, in sales like Jonathan or somebody who was coming from gaming like Zach, you know, someone like me who was, you know, maybe in the legal industry or business or, you know, a teacher, whatever, like your, your industry, you know, coming from, you know, being an instructor, you know, a director, you know, directing things. It's like totally different non-coding field, but then all of these people on the podcast, they came, you know, similar to how you're interviewing people on podcasts. That's what they do through the free code camp podcast as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I leverage that to like, Hey, like, you know, I want to get to know you like, and so I reach out to several people. Uh, and like I was saying, like those people, they pretty much were my, my mentors, you know, I never asked them to be, but just the people that kept giving me advice or I asked them questions, they responded. I consider them my mentor. Okay. How about you, Zach? I know you've been wanting to say something. <laughs> no, well, I, I just, I find that free co-camp is probably like, um, I, I don't know what else to say about it, except for the fact that it's, it's just super accessible. Um, they really helped me. I like quarantine being like, you know, has really helped like really solidify like my career path and what I want to be. Um, and like wanting to have like a, a career that I can be proud of and free code camp has really helped me with that. Um, even though like, I think probably my only critique is that like, I'm not really a big fan of, of, uh, <laughs> of all the, the, um, micro lessons that they have. Like when you do like the, um, when you're going through like a certification, I feel like some of those things could be shortened a little bit or they could um, be compounded into one big lesson or like some of those, uh, especially like when you're doing um, responsive web design, um, that might be because I did a little bit backwards and I did the front end library certification first. And now I'm doing the web, des- uh, the responsive web design one uh, second. But I think some of those things could be like compounded into uh, larger lessons than like into smaller bite-sized lessons. That's just probably like my own critique. Yeah. I think that's good feedback. Um, real quick. I forgot to ask this. Um, let's go one by one. We'll start with you, Zach. What, um, what tracks did you go down? What certifications did you get? So um, I've said it before. I have the front end library certification. I'm working on the responsive web design one um, as well. Um, I've done a couple of courses on YouTube with free code camp where they have like learn Python in like five hours or learn PHP in five hours, which is what I've done. Um, obviously I haven't, you know, sat in front of a computer for five hours. I, you know, broke up my time, but, um, I've done those. Uh, I'm going to be after my responsive web design one, I'm going to be working on, uh, the JavaScript and algorithm uh, JavaScript in algorithms one, just because, I want to better my JavaScript skills and hopefully in the long term try to do the uh, front end, well, not the front end, the, uh, the full stack, get the full stack certification with them. Okay. How about you, Jonathan? I did. Um, so I, start, I started with the 
uh, responsive web design. So I got that one. Um, I got the front end libraries. I got the, I completed the JavaScript data structure and uh, algorithms. I have it in front of me. Uh, data visual, visualization and the API microservices certification. The APIs is the, you know, uh, basic node and express the MongoDB and the um, managing packages from with NPM. I'm not a huge fan of that. So do they have a, I don't know if you said it, do they have like a relational database one like Postgres or MySQL or anything like that? No, just uh, MongoDB. That's the only, yeah, from what I know and from what I, uh, I've completed was the no relational. Okay, I, I'm just going to make a comment, and then I want to hear what you did, um, Elliot. But uh, I, I'm not a fan of teaching junior level developers, like beginning developers, when they're diving into the back end, non relational databases. I think it's so easy to like come up with really, really bad conventions with non relational databases, and relational databases forces you to see relationships between data, and you really have to think about it. Um, for anyone that's, I would actually like pause that section of free code camp and just like look up a relational database and, and pick that up first before you go into Mongo. That's my personal opinion, but that's interesting. Uh, that's, a, how, that's a good uh, feedback or uh, suggestion. Cause I've, I've always, uh, I've always uh, been focusing I, since the beginning, I've been focusing on learning and using MongoDB for products that I've, you know, worked with. I don't know if it's just because, it's it's a uh, it's easier to integrate with you know it goes is easier or easier to integrate with uh, Node.js you know JavaScript but I've been used you know MySQL or um, relational database so I don't know if you're going to be a backend developer so okay I'll I'll expand on this just a little bit in startups um, I. <laughs> I think a lot, too many startups will bring in a non-relational database because they haven't spent enough time figuring out what their data is going to look like. And like Mongo allows you to be adaptable and it allows your startup to like, as your customers needs change, as you grow, um, it allows your database to not have to completely restructure itself to be able to hold and manipulate and use that data. Um, I, I actually used Mongo and uh, Postgres in the same project because I was bringing in different pieces of data. And they, like, I think it's important to understand the advantages of what Mongo brings versus uh, like a relational database. And if you are going to learn Mongo, at least spend the extra time into learning why Mongo is the right choice for what you're doing. If you can argue that, then that's a good conversation to have with an employer. But if you are just like, I learned Mongo because Free Code Camp taught me Mongo, that's not a good reason, right? So maybe maybe the advice is just think about why you're using that database. But mm -hmm. um, I'm glad you brought that up. How about you, Elliot? Uh, so you're talking about certs. Um, yeah. I rushed through the responsive web design in like a month. And then I camped out in that JavaScript one for a long time. Um, yeah. And, and I actually even started the, the front end, um, at like, si almost like simultaneous, I was doing them together. And then, um, you know, I, I went and I dabbled some of the data viz and, uh, I think I, I think I stopped at data viz, but, um, 
And then I circled back and I said, well, do I have any projects I can show? Because it really doesn't matter if you do these certs, if you don't have projects that you can show employers. So I would yeah. say, don't focus on getting the cert. Focus on learning the concepts so that you can get a job. You can show people the projects. So that's what I did. I went back and I actually was doing like coding interviews. I was getting uh, take-home assignments. And so I said, hmm, okay, I didn't get this job, but let me take this take-home and do one of the, the front-end, you know, responsive web design, uh, you know, projects. Let me redo it. You know, I did like a product landing page. I made it look really good. I put some JavaScript in there, uh, you know, which I didn't have to do. I went up and beyond. I made it look amazing, just like the mock-up they gave me. And uh, that was, that's still, to this day, I have an Acme Widget Company product landing page from Free Code Camp on my resume. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I think three of the things that I have on my resume are from Free Code Camp. And then um, another one is the startup company that I helped kind of birth. And then another one, um, but yeah, I mean, I just say like, make that your focus. Don't, I don't, nobody really cares about the certificate, honestly. Uh, I actually got two of them. Um, but it's really not so much about that. It's more about learning the skills. And you did mention, um, Mongo. I haven't really, uh, I haven't dove into Mongo really. And I've done a lot of the free code camp stuff. Uh, I've only used my SQL and they actually do have a YouTube video of like multiple hours of my SQL. So you can, you can geek geek out on whatever they got it. Like if you want to learn it, they got it on free code camp. I guarantee you. Yeah. Like I said before, it's one of the biggest benefits of like a free code camp. It's whatever you want to learn. Your, your heart's desire is on, is on like their YouTube channel. Um, Mm I, I'd, I'd probably would argue just like to go off with what Elliot said. If you don't want to focus on the certs and you want to focus on like, learning and like understanding the concepts go straight to the YouTube channel and like just delve into like the basics of JavaScript, the basics of HTML, like whatever, like they, they got it. Like I'm serious. They got it. Yeah. And here's a good point. I want to bring it up is um, uh, the, you don't need to get the search from um, free code camp or that, that doesn't matter much, but you, one thing that's good to emphasize, you do need to have projects, you know. Um, so the, those certs, they kind of force you to, to build your own projects, you know. So, um, you know, by getting the, the certification, you're automatically, you know, building, you know, some minor projects from Free Code Camp that you can, you can show uh, employers or, or whatnot. So I think that the projects are important, you know, but the certs are you don't need that as long as you're learning, as long as you, you know, uh, knowing and learning everything. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. So in terms of certifications, um, I completely agree. I'm glad that you emphasize projects. I think everyone here has a really healthy perspective on growing as a developer with that. Now I used to hold this stance. So first of all, like 
I don't know how many people I told to that their certification is worthless. Like when we're diving into like an hour long conversation and then like, I don't just say, Oh, what you just did was worthless. You know, like I word it much differently, but um, I think an important thing to realize for people, because I know a lot of people bash people that like post their certification on LinkedIn. And one thing that I learned is like gamification and the reward from that is really, it's real. And that's kind of what makes free code camp. Um, so, um, maybe addictive is a strong word, but it keeps you moving. It keeps you motivated. Right. And so I think that learning platform needs that uh, gamification to be successful. And so if someone posts a free certification, just kind of don't do what I used to do and tell them that, you know, that certification doesn't matter. Just realize like some people uh, just like to solidify like what they just accomplished and it makes them feel good. Um, But ultimately once you do that, Great. Now start working on projects. Now start using that knowledge to, to apply it to actual projects. I agree with that. You know what? That brings up, I completely agree with, you know, getting, getting the certification actually makes you feel good, you know, because it's an accomplishment. So even though it's not that important, you know, what's important is if you actually learn. Yeah. Uh, but the process, you know, getting the reward at the end, it feels really good. It's something is solidifies what you what you went through and what you learned yeah so i do like to uh try to get certifications for for that reason for that purpose you know the reward um i think it feels you know um it helps you it motivates you i mean to to piggyback off of that uh off of what you're saying i went to a four-year college to get a degree in game art Even during that process and after that process, I found out that you don't really need a four-year degree to learn 3D modeling or how to be a concept artist or how to do 2D animation. And like it, I mean, you could you could say my four-year degree is worthless. And personally, I kind of think it is, even though I'm not trying to dump on my alma mater. But like it, it's the time and the effort that you put into things. Like I know people on Twitter, I have friends on Twitter and, and in real life that are fantastic artists and didn't go to a four-year program. And um, like, I kind of (laughs) wish I didn't do that. And in fact, I'm mentoring um, a kid that I'm, um, that, you know, we're friends with their family and like being a a digital artist and being a better artist. And, um, but like, it's the same with free code camp. Like your certification isn't worthless. It means something to you. But like the time and effort, it, it, it just, it just represents the time and effort that you put in and the projects that come out of that are like the fruit of those labors. Like, you know, you can't have, you necessarily can't have one without the other, like, you know, yeah, doing the course to get that certification built up that like curiosity and that need to want to, you know, to want to be a better developer. Did you learn, you know how to use a blender? Do you use blender? blender yeah. Blender? So I actually taught myself blender. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I used to play with it when I was a teenager. It's actually like, it, it's almost becoming the industry standard. Cause oh, like, yeah? it's now like, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's, you can now do 2d animation in blender 
And so it's back in the days, the, the industry standard was uh, Maya, I think. It, well, yeah, I mean, Maya is still the industry standard, but uh, I'm sorry, we're going off on, on a tangent on, but, yeah, but uh, <laughs> it, it still is, but it's only because it's owned by Autodesk and uh, because it has that clout. So I, and funnily enough, to relate it to programming, my first programming language was Python. Uh, when I was in college, they taught us how to program in Python and to make scripts for Maya and for, and it actually works with, I think Blender's open source. I believe they use yeah. Python for all their scripts. Yeah. They do. So like, I was working on a project uh, a week or a couple of weeks ago that I, I actually needed to learn some stuff for Blender, like adding texture to a model. And uh, so I could uh, display or render the model on a, um, on the browser. So I need, I, I actually learned three JS for this project and I had to learn some stuff for Blender too. So yeah, it reminded me of my, you know, my teens. And like I said, um, we go off on tangents. This is not an organized yeah. podcast. <laughs> so, but I, I like these tangents, but I, um, I, I do just kind of to be conscientious of your time though. Um, I kind of just want to sum a lot up. Um, actually I don't want to sum it up. What I want to say is I think we've gone over quite a bit with free code camp and giving like realistic expectations of what it gives you and what you need to supplement. Now, now to, to be honest, this kind of sounds like a sales pitch. So like I said, it wouldn't be my podcast if we didn't challenge this a bit. So what could they improve at free code camp? What did they have that was lacking? Uh, yeah. Oh, no, no, you go first, John. Oh, thanks. I, so one, one of the things that I, it's been, that I've been noticing is that their, their information are a little outdated, you know? Um, so that's one thing that I would suggest them to improve. So for example, the, um, the libraries, right. The front end libraries, I, I went through the react course and, uh, it just feels like in comparison to other, uh, courses, tutorials, um, materials that I use, you know, to learn, uh, they're a little behind. So I would say, um, yeah, maybe a little outdated. Okay. Um, oh no, Elliot, you go, you go. You haven't talked much. No, I would just echo that. I mean, they're still teaching like jQuery. Um, I want to say, um, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I looked at it, but yeah, I mean, they do more of the class-based React. And that's where I would say, um, I supplemented a lot of my React learning with a course called Full Stack Open. And you may want to look into that one, Don, for uh, a next free uh, open source. Full stack uh, open? Full stack open. I, I started using that because they teach, uh, they took a, like a radical step. Like I think maybe like it was late 2019, they made this course, I think. And Hooks was really new, but they made took the radical step of saying like, uh, we're not even going to teach you class-based. We're just going to go straight into hooks. And so I followed that through. Uh, I built several projects from that, put them on my portfolio. And I still lead a study group of people when we go through that. But yeah, I mean, that's where I would say 
Um, I think the one thing that helped me the best um, was finding community. And I did that through Twitter. I did the 100 Days of Code. Um, I even used Free Code Camp because there was a study group in my area and nobody was leading it. I stepped up and said, hey, is anybody leading this? If you're not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start meeting and let's get people together and let's meet you know, in my city. And so I would say find community. Um, I even like just started, um, I moderated a discord channel. Um, and we were meeting like, I think it was like, uh, every day at a specific time we would have scrum and we would meet. So I'd say supplement what you're learning by whatever helps you learn the best. For me, that was being with people, you know, whether it was digitally or in person, you need that aspect. Um, and this was something that uh, Quincy Larson said, and it's just like impressed upon me for the rest of my life. But if you are a developer or aspiring to be a developer, I would say do these three things. You can't do one at the disservice of the others. You have to, one, always be improving your skills. First and foremost, always improving your skills. Two, you are always improving your reputation in the developer community. And then three, you're networking your face off. If you're doing just one of those, it's like, it's like a, a three, uh, you know, three-legged stool. If you're, you take one of those out, your stool is going to fall. So you need to always be not just siloing and like, okay, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. You need to get out of your learning, go meet somebody, ask them about it, you know, let them know that you're interested in getting a career at this. Um, Cause I did not get to where I am alone. I had so many people, like I was saying, mentors, get you some people that will mentor you, you know, don't ask them to be your mentor. Just say, Hey, I want to learn this. And the people that respond, those are the people that are your mentor. Uh, I can't say that enough. You know, you have to get out of just, just like head down learning all the time. You need to actually, you know, have groups, have user groups, meetup groups, um, especially now it's like the boom of virtual meetups and virtual podcasts like this. Like there's so many out there. I mean, you could, you could go to a meetup that's in the Valley or a meetup that's in LA or like, you know, a meetup in Seattle, you could go to that and be a part of that and learn JavaScript, learn Python, whatever you want to learn. There's probably a virtual meetup doing that for free today and you could be a part of it. So I don't know. I just say that to, to encourage somebody to listen to this, you know, don't do the disservice of just focusing on one area of your growth. Try to focus on all aspects like that. And free code camp will help you with the content, but you need to branch out and do the other things too. And that will get you much further. Cool. Really good advice. Elliot. Thank you. I, yeah, I definitely like that idea of like the three legged stool and a lot of people do tend to get very narrow vision in what they feel that they need to improve and they neglect other areas. I like that. Zach, you were going to mention something real quick. Oh yeah. I, it, it's nothing big. Like my, I've I've said it before in the in the podcast, but I think like my biggest critique is that like freed code camp and to also borrow from Jonathan, it really does need to update some of the material, uh, in, in their certification courses. Um, I, I think that they would be, better not to have um all the course material written out 
I kind of prefer audio, um, like listening to what someone has to say or watch or visual, like seeing, like, you know, not seeing something done, but like saying, here's the problem. And like, here's what we're going to do to fix it. Now you do this. We're not going to, you know, show you how to do it. You got to do it. Um, that's, that's just how I learn. Uh, I have, it's harder for me to read as well. Uh, I have dyslexia. So like I have to be slower when I read and I kind of hate that. I, I just want to like, you know, be able to hear the information or, uh, or I guess absorb the information and then like put it into practice. And that, you know, that that's a really good point because I, one feel I got from free code camp is they hold your hand a lot. And, and that is just something to be aware of at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I kind of like to learn by trial and error. Yeah. So I do agree that uh, they have too, so much content, you know, like when you're going through the, you know, the, the classes or the individual uh, class, uh, it's just too, so much to read, so much to read. Yeah. 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 So yeah they, I mean, like, I would, I would also add, um, I feel like, you know, if you're in a boot camp and you're paying money for it, uh, you're going to show up, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you don't want to lose money. Um, so yeah, that aspect of it being free, that it's optional, it's self-paced, you know, it takes a really gritty and determined person to continue with free code camp. And that's what I'd see in Jonathan and Zach is that these guys are persistent. You're not going to become a developer by spending, you know, even if you spend big chunks, like you spend five hours, 10 hours, but you only do that once a month, you're not going to become a developer. Yeah. I don't think that will ever happen to you. Yeah. You need to be consistent. Like if you really want it, you'll go like three, four hours a day until you get a job or at minimum daily, like an hour to two hours daily. Like you need to be consistent in your learning and they're just not that this is not the structure of free code camp you need to have that drive within you um or you're just not going to make it through the content that's just that's just flat out but if you're in a boot camp and you have to go to it or you you know you got to check in there's probably the more likelihood that you're going to be more consistent than the average person doing free code camp would be so um, that's just another aspect of it well, yeah, you, I, you just mentioned something with coding boot camps in general that like the reason why so many people graduate and then struggle and fall off that bus afterwards is because they depended on that structure. They depended on other people telling them that they need to do this. So, um, you know, not just for free code camp, even coding boot camps, you know who you are, you know, when you fall off the wagon a little bit and you got to you got to stay consistent after that. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah no, I, I totally agree with what Elliot said, like you, you got to do it. You, you really have to do it like, um, on your own. So, I mean, and that's my, my wife, you know, she's, she's a nurse and she like tried doing online classes once and she hates it. Like, well, not once she has to do a couple of like online, like courses for getting credits and stuff, but like she hates it. She doesn't like it. And she's, whereas like, I can just like plop myself down and like just, you know, learn for like an hour or two and then like go do other things because I got to stay sane somehow. Yeah, it's tough, man. I, um, for example, I, 
So I started with, I started learning these things with uh, one of my cousins and I had two other friends that were, we started at the same time. All of them gave up, you know, it's, it's very hard to keep the consistency and uh, especially in the beginning, man, it's so hard in the beginning, especially if being a self-taught because you have to guide yourself, you know? So, and most people, uh, they lean towards uh, paid education because they have that guidance, you know? So I think that's the difference between one of the big differences between uh, paid and free is free. You on your own, right? So there's no one like you have to find the people, you have to find the resources, uh, you have to find or build a system for you to learn, and you kind of learn how to you learn how to uh, handle yourself. It's and and that skill uh, goes a long way with you know developing because man, if I sit here and I try to figure something out, I don't give up and I do figure it out, you know. So that's the the uh, mindset of a I think uh, a self-taught um, have for figuring things out. Yeah, I've had to have my I've had to have my wife uh, pull me away from the computer and <laughs> force me to have like something to eat or drink, <laughs> like and take yeah. a break, or else I just like would just crash and burn. She's yeah. like, especially when I did like an Android and um, Java course with like a, another group, I just get so frustrated with like some of the projects that I had to do that I had to like, I had to like step away and take a break. And then at night I'd be thinking of the solution and then I'd wake up in the morning and I'd have the, I'd try it. I'd be like, and you know, the problem solved. So yeah, you need a lot of like drive to do something like this. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and I, I think, Jonathan, you really highlighted the right mindset to have as a self-taught developer. I'm sure, Zach, Jonathan, Elliot, all of you have shared, you know, like our, our consistency and our like desire to like finish this and like get to the solution. And um, I think a lot of that kind of like whether you want to call it healthy or unhealthy drive, like a lot of that pushes us through something like this. Um, but this is really good. I think we're at a point right now, what I'd like to do is with this section of the podcast, like what's one final piece of advice we can give for aspiring developers? And we've been giving it throughout the entire podcast, but if you had to like sum your one point up, what would it be? Just don't give up, like keep going. Like it's, it's going to be really, really tough in the beginning, but like once you get through it, like, you know, it, it'll just click. Like, so be consistent. Don't give up, you know, troubleshoot the answer, ask for help if you need it. And you'll, you know, you'll get to where you want to be. I like it. I agree with that. Um, I'm not sure because the, the more, the more I'm getting into it, the, my, my, the advice that I'll give myself changes before was, you have to be persistent too. Um, a, I think uh, focus on the fundamentals. Yeah, because I in the beginning I you know I I was learning HTML um, 
CSS, that was, that went pretty quickly. Like a week, in a week, I went through, uh, the H HTML part of, uh, free code camp. And then another week I went through uh, CSS and I finished the, uh, responsive web design, I think in two weeks or yeah, maybe. And right off, you know, right off the bat, I started doing freelance with the skills that I had. Um, and then I try to dive, dive into JavaScript. And that's the point that you really have to focus on the fundamentals. You know, once, uh, so for a long time, I was neglecting, you know, uh, learning, understanding uh, the, the, those core fundamentals of uh, JavaScript, HTML, CSS. Uh, I was learning to do the projects. Um, but, you know, eventually I, I started putting more emphasis, uh, emphasis on, on the fundamentals and I got so much better. Um, like things started clicking faster and I've been able to build things, uh, with better code and just be improving a lot faster with, you know, focusing on actually learning, understanding. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, along with what Zach said, persistent, and make sure you learn the fundamentals because that's the key thing to programming. I love it. Um, I would say, um, oh, I had my thought and I <laughs> was listening to you guys. You guys are so good. Um, uh, I can say mine if you want. Then... Yeah, go ahead. I'll have to catch my thought here. Okay, sure. Uh, I do that all the time, by the way. Um, so for me, and it, it really like, I'm probably going to echo more of what Zach said. Uh, Jonathan, I loved your idea, but one thing I noticed in my meetup, because I host a mentorship meetup where aspiring developers just come in, and I it was so fun to do this in person, and damn it, COVID. Anyways, um, but I, I'm going to be hosting it once, you know, we're, we're kind of in the, the clear with this. But a lot of people that come in, and it's, it's sad to say, I would almost say like 85, 90% of people that come in that are tr struggling to become a developer, they're never going to become a professional developer. And it's not because they're not intelligent enough. It's not because they can't, they're not capable of it. Um, and it's not even because they chose the wrong path because there's like free resources you could supplement all the time. There are just so many different paths. If one doesn't work out, you go to the next one. And we even talked about this idea in a previous podcast episode. Sometimes it takes the fifth YouTube video explaining what a promise is in JavaScript to finally get it to click, you know? And so sometimes you have to supplement that content in order for things to register, and that's okay. But the reason why people aren't going to become developers is because they give up. It's it, like there is not a single thing because I have a bunch of mentors that help me with that. It's not a single thing we can do if they aren't putting in the work into building strong, healthy habits for themselves to get them to continue pushing forward. And a lot of conversations that I have with aspiring developers coming in, it starts with, OK, really struggling with the, you know, this bug. And then I notice they're not handling this emotionally so well. And it's like, I wonder how they handle this at home. And and then it becomes like. The conversation turns into like their habits, like what, like what starts triggering this, this, uh, mental state in you, um, because this is not something that's going to help you overcome this when you've experienced it like a hundred times, you're going to get burned out. And so I think a lot of developers need to focus on good, healthy habits, getting sleep the same time every night, good hydration, good diet, good exercise, meditation. I highly encourage people to meditate. Um, but like, I think 
aspiring developers neglect that way too often and they blame it on like whatever path they were going down as a developer when in reality it's their habits that they need to work on and to continue pushing forward. That's my perspective from what I've seen. Yeah, that's a good answer. Um, I'd say um, other than the things I already mentioned, because I tell people the the Quincy Larson quote all the time. Uh, I tell people, you know, you need to, if you really want this, you need to be spending closer to three to four hours a day on this. Even if you have a day job, you need to be putting in the time because it's going to take time and it's not going to like, I think a lot of like, and I, I felt this way too. I watch a YouTube video. So-and-so said, Oh, I studied CSS, you know, HTML, CSS and JavaScript for three months. And then I got a job that may happen for you, but that is so rare. It took me about two years of consistent work before I got my full-time role at Lowe's. So it could take some time. And especially in COVID, it could take some time. So be patient. The other thing I would say is you need to have a role model or two, you know, like I was saying, mentors, role models, people that you see yourself and what they're doing because they've been in your shoes. You need these people, like you need those contacts, whether they're somebody on Twitter, somebody that you met at a meetup, somebody, you know, maybe it's your church, your church or wherever you regularly go, the gym or whatever, like whatever you know, somebody so-and-so in your family, they are a programmer. Talk to those people, ask them questions, ask them how they became a developer. Like just get to know them on a personal level. Like what do you have in common with them? And then you start to see, man, if like, if Natter Davitt did it, I can do it. If JC Hyatt did it, I can do it. And I just have all these people down the line that inspire me. Maybe even people that are not even like me, like Angie Jones. I know her on Twitter. She was like super pumped when I got my job. Like all these people, you need to like have a network of people that they're your role model. The other thing I'd say is you got to get in the code editor. You cannot just like read, read, read and don't build squat. You got to build something. You can't just, um, you can't just become a developer and not know how to do it yourself. You're not, it's not like, it's not like most subjects where you can just read the content and you know about it. You know, I think that's where university, I have a friend, he's a, he's a developer, but he's actually going back to get his degree. And he was like, come take this test with me. And uh, we just like laugh at it. Like, ha, ha, ha. like they're just like testing it. Like, like that's how you learn development. You really don't, <laughs> you actually need to go build something. Uh, you need to get in the editor, you know, and I'd say if they build a cat app, you go build a dog app, you know, like, take the thing that they're building and build it just a little bit differently. You know, like don't build the same thing, add some little nuance that's yours. And you say, Hey, I saw this and I did it myself. Um, but the other thing is get ready to fail a lot and, and fail forward. Like try to fail, like try, try, try. You will fail. Get back up. Try, 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 fail, repeat, repeat, repeat. I mean, I failed a lot. I can't tell you how many coding interviews I failed. I applied for like over 500 jobs and I only got one, you know, so you will fail a lot and you may apply for 50 jobs and, and get a role. I mean, great, but be ready to fail. Like you're going to fail. 
but the, every time you fail, learn something from it, get better. Um, you know, like I said, like I've, I failed interviews. I took those things, I took those exercises. I turned them into my portfolio pieces. And I actually have two of them in my portfolio right now. It's a trivia game. And that Acme uh, widget company is like an Acme Anvil company. And the two of those are my, they're like linchpins in my resume now. And uh, they're never going anywhere, at least, <laughs> you know, for me, because I put my heart and soul in them, even though I failed them. So get, just get ready to fail and don't see it as like, hey, I'm stupid. See it as I'm just not there yet, but it's up to you to get there. You know, kind of like you were saying, Don, like the people that quit are the people that don't get there. And it's just, you just have to have that persistence. And I think that's what the commonality in all of us are saying is that it's not just going to happen. You got to go make it happen. I, like I think it. it's a persistent and persistence in uh, patience game. It's a patience. Yeah. It's a patience and persistent game. Yeah. You, you got to be willing to play the long game if you want to be a developer. Yeah. Uh, and to build off what you were saying, Elliot, about like the, uh, the Acme Anvil landing page. I really wanted it when I was doing the front end libraries um, program, I really wanted to make the drum kit like a Hank Hill uh, soundboard, <laughs> but I knew it wouldn't <laughs> like, I'm like, this is going in my portfolio. Yeah. I can't necessarily have, I, I, I wanted it to be Hank Hill and stuff from Jojo's bizarre adventures. And uh, I, I'm like, yeah, I can't put this in here, but I, I might do that again and like, you know, make it into like a meme soundboard. <laughs> something because like yeah it, it is it is true like you you need to like take the things that they give you and then just just make something new out of it make it your own yeah and do something you're passionate about even if it doesn't see the light of day like you're saying maybe this is not something i put in my portfolio but if it keeps you going because you're interested in it and you could talk about it if it's something that you could talk about for days make a website for that you know, turn that into something that, you know, maybe you're not going to show it to employers, but it's going to teach you how to make a website. Mm. Do, that, do that thing. I think that's a good thing to end with. All really good advice. I ask you for one piece and all of you just spit everything out. I think this is all really good advice for aspiring developers. So this is good. Hopefully this gives people kind of an introduction into what free code camp is, what it has to offer. Um, and to show that just because something is free doesn't mean it's not valuable. And I think that's another thing I want to illustrate here. So this is good. Let's do our outros. Zach, if people want to reach out to you, where could they reach you? Um, if people want to reach out to me, I'm on Twitter at uh, pressbgames. Uh, well, yeah, pressbgames at uh, Twitter. Um, it's I, I don't really post a lot of coding stuff on there. That's just for me to, you know, nerd out with my friends, post um, art ideas, um, and, you know, sometimes talk about coding, like, with personal projects that I have. Uh, and also, like, where I uh, occasionally post banana comics. Cool. I love it. Um, for me, just uh, go to downthedeveloper.tv. Um, and you could just use the contact link there if you want to reach out to me. You can leave a comment. I mean, at this point, I think most of you know how to reach me. How about you, Jonathan? Um, I'm not very active on, uh, social medias. So if you want to reach out to me, LinkedIn, you know, it's, uh, I think my handle name is, uh, Mr. J Lancaster. 
uh, or Jonathan Lancaster, also GitHub. Um, if you guys want to follow me on GitHub, it's uh, Mr. J Lancaster too. Uh, Twitter is the same, Mr. J Lancaster, MR, uh, J Lancaster, but you're not going to be seeing a lot of uh, activity on my Twitter. Yeah, other than that, that's it. Cool. Um, I think I remember your picture. I think you look like a superhero, Jonathan. That's one thing I noticed oh, with your LinkedIn profile. That looks <laughs> cool. How about you, uh, Elliot? You can reach me at Techie Elliot. I spell it E-L-I-O-T, at Techie Elliot. And I'm also techieelliot.com. Uh, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. But Twitter, uh, definitely hit me up on Twitter. I love to like, man, I have like people in Nigeria or like, I don't know, just like all over the place. Like they just message me and I'm always happy to respond. If anybody's willing to stretch their neck out and want help, you know, just DM me. I'll, I'll be glad to help you. Um, I'm also part of several Discord servers. Uh, so look these up. It's called uh, uh, the Code Book Club. Uh, you could jump in there. We meet weekly on Sundays. We go through You Don't Know JavaScript yet. And we also go through the Full Stack Open course, like I mentioned. And those are st free study groups. Uh, so I leverage the free study group. Uh, I'm, I'm in there. There's some several... Uh, really good moderators, um, and we want to help you build and help you build free code camp for sure. Okay, I like it. And what you just did, any future guests pay attention? How you just updated your name on Zoom? Like that's how you do it. That's how like put your handles in there. That's how you get your name out there. I like that. All right. That was good. Um, Jonathan, I'm just going to call you out real quick. Um, you mentioned that you don't really like talking to people. I think that's BS. I think you love talking to people. You did a really good job of it. This no, I guess I'm still <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But it was a pleasure having you on. It seems like you had a lot to say and people really appreciated what you had to say. Um, okay, now that I called someone out, that's my podcast episode. So if you like this episode, you want to hear more about free code camp or self-taught pets, anything like that, let me know in the comments. Uh, but uh, stick around for just a couple minutes afterwards. But Zach, Jonathan, Elliot, thanks so much for coming on. It was a pleasure meeting you. It was thanks awesome you. being on. Love you guys. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. This is a pleasure. We